I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Go, we are on. So welcome to Very Unreasonable Things. I'm Billy Bone. Joining me is Daniel Sanders. Hey, how's it going? We're starting a new block of movies to talk about. And it, Daniel chose this, and it came from a throwaway comment he made when he's like, yeah, fuck. We'll come back to these. Uh... I love your preparation of all of our uh, impressions. You can hear that. You take that breath and you know that you're about to be doing an impression of one. <laughs> so anyways, Daniel was just like, yeah, at some point we'll just come back to the old movies and fuck it. We may do Vincent Price. And then when it was his turn to pick, he's just like, fuck it. Let's do Vincent Price movies. I mean, hey, let's whatever, you know, hey, bump it up a little bit in time. Hell, this one's from 1960. Yeah, so our first movie that we're covering is The House of Usher. Now, when I found it streaming, the title was The Fall of the House of Usher. But everywhere you look for this particular film, it's just called The House of Usher. Yeah, it's just House of Usher. But yeah, so, it's funny because there's a reason that I've thought about this movie whenever I was, well, first I started looking at Vincent Price movies. And I saw this was on there. Like I knew I wanted to do um uh, um House on Haunted Hill. Okay. You know, so, that, so that's the that's other a, one. That's that's a favorite of mine. Yeah. Okay. So as I'm looking, I saw this one too, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, spoiler alert. Well, I didn't know. So and I we could tell what our movies are, it's not a problem. No, I know. I was just being retarded. We'd have been telling the movies the whole time. Yeah. So House on Haunted Hill, the House of Usher. And you're probably like, man, what is Billy picking, you know? And the answer to that question is The Last Man on Earth, which is an adaptation of Robert Matheson's I Am Legend, which I'm a big fan of. I love that, that book. Yeah. And I had never seen any of these movies Not that we're covering. Either. It's the first time. And that's what I like a lot about a lot of the blocks that we're doing is like a uh, bunch of stuff we haven't seen before. Yeah. You know, and it's old stuff that's not like I know that you and Josh do movies where it's like, oh man, let's do these movies. All right, cool, 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 and whatever. You know, but with these, there's just so much older. It's funny. I actually thought about like me and you are going through like a history lesson of (laughs) our movies with our blocks, which I like. I dig. I mean, that's cool. We can be the historians, you know? The historians. Yeah. New podcast format. Hold on. No, 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 (laughs) no. You got that one out. (laughs) <laughs> you drinking you a tasty coca-cola buddy yeah i'm gonna drink me a nice tasty sugar-free dr pepper there you go zero sugar baby at this point i've been um drinking sugar-free drinks for like two years now yeah. to where i don't notice the difference like, you know, when you 
if you drink regular soft drinks and then you try a diet one or a sugar-free one, you're like, uh, this tastes weird. You know, it tastes you like you notice it. Yeah. I've passed that point. It's been so long since I've had a, a real Dr. Pepper. I don't even know if I'd like it anymore. Yeah. I feel bad because for a while I was off of sodas, you know, and I was just drinking water for a while and I felt great and I loved it. And I've had a drink like, uh, you know, if I went to a restaurant or something, I still get a Coke, you know, I want to have like something that's got some, some taste, some pizzazz with my food. But for the most part, I was drinking water to the point where whenever you take a, take a sip of soda of any type, it just tastes like a lot of syrup. Yeah. But it, it got me. Yeah. I'd, I'm going to, I'm going to crush about four of them on this podcast right now. Well, that's how I got on the uh, sugar-free ones. I'd quit drinking soft drinks too. And I was drinking just water. Yeah. And I'm the opposite of you. When I go to a restaurant or something, you know, even if I was drinking sodas, I like water with lemon. And that's what I'd order. Water with lemon. Did you, you ever drink that at the house? Well, I did buy some lemons one time for to them, cut up and purpose. put them. Yeah, to put in my water. Yeah, yeah. You thought you probably thought I bought some lemons so I could drink some tequila or something, but you know. Well, if you just said lime, I'd have thought tequila. Yeah, lime. That's right. Yeah, whatever. You know what? Hey, taking tequila shots so much, you've been fucking <laughs> it up this whole time. No shit. I've got a bottle of tequila behind me, but I, you know, it's tequila and scotch for me are those things like everybody loves them and I'm trying to get back to where tequila doesn't bother me because for the longest time, like I had a bad experience with tequila yeah, and so I just, I swore it off and I think I would do a shot with Courtney every now and then. And that was about the extent of it. Yeah. And I do that, you know, you do that because even though you don't like it, your friends are doing it. So you're just like, you know, Hey, um, be courteous. You know, if they're, if they're saying, Hey, take a shot with me, take a shot. Well, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really just a social, being a sociable thing. Right. Yeah. Even if it's like, look, unless you're like, Hey, look, man, I do not fuck with liquor at all anymore. Like, fuck that. Then I get it. But if it is kind of like you're drinking beers and you will drink some liquor, you know, somebody's like, hey, let's do some tequila shots. You at least do one of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or to drink as much as you want and ruin the party. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So that has nothing to do with. Oh, that has nothing to do with the movie we're talking about. But I mean, that's what we do, right? We we go off on little tangents every now and then, and we talk about something else. And you know, I mean, it, at this point, we're like sixty something episodes into this podcast. And if you're coming to this podcast for something super structured and organized, you've come to the wrong podcast. Now, if you if you're here to listen to, you know, friends talk about movies and then other random topics that pop up, you're in the right place. But that's right. The House of Usher, directed by Roger Corman. It's like I, I knew that, but I forgot. And like, and we'll get into it. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, directed by Roger Corman, starring Vincent Price, Mark. No, shit, I can't read my writing. 
Damn, is that more Darren or Damon? Damon. Yeah, Mark Damon. Okay. It's Matt Damon's uncle. <laughs> then uh, Myrna Fahey was released in 1960, had a budget of $300,000, had a box office of $1.45. Well, no, that's not a box office. That's Reynolds. It says $1.45 million. And then like 213,000 admissions in France. I don't know why that was listed. That's odd because that's the first time I've ever seen that. Yeah. So it made some money. It made its money back. So what made you choose this movie? Did I say all that before we started the episode? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, um. Uh... No, I I know you said you you chose House on Haunted Hill because it was one of your you, you liked that movie you've seen it yeah like whenever I think of Vincent Price other than Edward Scissorhands which I thought would have been fucking funny if you'd have chose that just to do it but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I wanted to do House on Haunted Hill because I liked that movie and I have never seen the original you know what I mean yeah because I saw that I saw the remake you know and I liked the story or whatever so I was like you know what I've, that's what I've mainly seen him you know like clips of him in so i wanted to do that one so when i was looking for other possible movies i come across this one and i had just recently watched the um the uh netflix series how's the series on yeah it was awesome it was Was really good i don't have a netflix subscription so yeah but it's pretty good pretty pretty good well when when my daughter comes and visits in the summer I'll renew my Netflix subscription for her so she can watch shows she likes. At that point, I guess I'll take yeah. a look at it. That's whenever you'll watch Stranger Things. Yeah. But that's when you want to uh, check this one out, see what it was about. Yeah. The other one, the other movie, and I thought about it briefly, was uh, The Mask of Red Death. Yeah, I don't think that I've heard of that one. Uh, I had just seen the title before, but it's another, I think it's another one based on Edgar Allan Poe. Cause that's, this one is based on Edgar Allan Poe's story, the fall of the house of Usher. Uh, I, you know, I'm not just like a huge Edgar Allan Poe fan. I had an English teacher in high school who loved Edgar Allan Poe. And, you know, we read the telltale heart and the cask of Amontillado and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But, just wasn't like a huge fan. Didn't didn't hate it or anything like that. Just yeah, I was just kind of indifferent to it. Yeah. I see why people like it. Had to learn had to learn the Raven in high school. Did you have to learn the Raven? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, I had to, I think I had to learn something like that, and I think it was the Raven. Uh but other than that, unless I had to do it for school, I didn't read anything. So but I did know that he was like, you know, wrote creepy dark stuff. Yeah, I can dig that because, I mean, I like horror movies and shit, so, but I never got into like, oh, I love, I'm into them type thing, you know? Yep. But I see it. I get it. Excuse me. When you were watching this movie, and I got a question, was like the first three minutes of your screen black while music played? No, mine was uh, come on pretty good, I believe. Yeah, because it was... Uh, like the uh, forest, and it was yeah. foggy. So I watched it on Pluto, 
That's where I found it. Because uh, I don't own this movie. You know, a lot of the movies that we talk about, I own. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of five dollar deals on iTunes. Something goes on sale for five dollars, I'm fucking there. Like, oh, I don't have that movie. Let me buy it. Yeah. And I actually looked at the Vincent Price collection once you picked Vincent Price for our next project. Yeah. But they weren't on sale, so I didn't buy them. And so I I just searched like where can I watch this movie like i know where i can watch the one i picked um I, the last one i should be able to find it but i searched around i found it on pluto and the first three minutes of my movie was a black screen with just music playing and then it cuts to the forest scene yeah mine popped up pretty quick huh. yeah, I, I, don't, I don't recall a long dark Music instrumental scene. Hmm. Odd. Yeah, I thought that your TV was glitching. It wasn't my TV. I, I watched it on my computer, anyways. Well, that's glitching too. You know, I, I got this nice OLED television, and I'm like, let me watch this motherfucker on this computer screen. Is it and a it, nice computer screen, though? Yeah, but it's not. It's not OLED. You can't get true blacks on this. Like I can see the, like the grayscale in my screen now when I'm talking to you, when I'm looking at the black bars. Hey, how much do y'all sell uh 32 inch OLED Samsungs at Best Buy for? Uh, wow. That, okay. You kind of caught me off guard with the work question on the podcast. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I, as a matter of fact, I don't even know if we have a 32-inch OLED. That's one of my next question was going to be. Like, I feel like 32s are like going out. Anyway, I you thought you'd like to rip a little bit, whatever. You can get a 43-inch. That's too big. Where are you trying to put it? Uh, in my room on the boat. Oh. The rooms aren't that big. I got you. Okay. 32 is going to be big for that room already so because it's literally like at the foot of my bed <laughs> 32 inch tv at the foot of my bed damn did you notice when uh the movie starts off and it's um it's a guy riding through a forest yeah and he comes up to the house and the house comes into view Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a backdrop, right? That was like a painted backdrop, it looked like. Yeah, that was a painted backdrop or whatever. And the first thing I noticed, though, was that the house uh, looked like it had, like, nothing but, like, mossy mold shit all over it. Yeah. You know, like it was evil. Yeah. that The house looks like it's in a state of uh, disrepair. And, yeah. and come to find out that that's part of it. But, like, when you first see it, you're just like, why does this big house look like shit? Oh, that house looks terrible. So, we get, like I said, we get the guy, and what was his name? His name was Philip. Philip. Comes up to the house, you know, knocks on the door. The butler answers. I don't know. I never called his name. Bristol. Bristol. 
Yep. My notes say butler every time. <laughs> it says butler every time. So it turns out, though, that Philip and Miss Usher are engaged. Madeline, yes, are in, are betro- betrothed. Is that how you say it? Yeah, betrothed. Yeah. So th- they're to be married. He comes to visit. And, he and he's like. Babies. He wants the whole nine yards, baby. Mm-hmm. Apparently she had visited. She was in Boston at some point. And that's where they met and they fell in love. And so he comes out to visit her. And he, you know, he talks to the butler and I guess I want to backtrack for just a second because it comes into play later. But when you look at the, the scenery, like all the trees and stuff, everything's dead. Like there's no vegetation. It's just like dead trees and kind of a barren landscape. And the house is all fucked up. Yeah. And the house is all fucked up. So he comes up to the house though. He, you know, he talks to the butler and he's like, well, Mrs. Usher or Miss Usher's ill. And he's like, well, I'm her fiance. And I feel like that's something that people would have knew. Like when she came back from Boston, I feel like she would have told the butler and her brother, like, hey, I'm engaged to be married. Yeah, well, maybe she did. Well, that's true. It's possible. And he was like, oh, no, you said that's too loud. (laughs) Dude. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait until we get into talking about Vincent Price's performance. But, uh. She accidentally brushed up against his skin with her new ring on her finger. And he was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like a razor blade slicing my very soul. <laughs> <laughs> but when he's talking to the, he tells the butler, you know, like, hey, I'm not leaving, blah, blah, blah. But I'd say, and I got my notes, the butler vanished. The butler just like up and disappears. Yeah. When he comes into the house. And so it says, and this is before I'd caught his name too. So I had Butler written down. Yeah. Butler vanished. Is he Batman? Yeah, no, he did just kind of just disappear. He was there and then he was gone. But it's so funny, man, because so quick how like shit goes crazy with Usher. Because he comes in, you know, he's talking to the butler. And like he's already come in and, and taken his shoes off, yeah, or his boots off and put on quiet shoes to walk around in, you know. So he's already catering to Mister Usher, you know. And then as soon as he like sees him, he just launches into the whole ordeal of these are the things you cannot do around me because yeah. it would cause me great pain. You can't talk also, loud. Also, you can't see Madeline. <laughs> yeah, can't see your fiance, or but you can't talk loud. Um, he can only wear like the softest clothes or something like that. Uh, they eat flavorless food because anything yeah. with spice will upset his stomach. Yeah, like this dude, his you know, and I don't know if that elements are real or if they're just in his mind. I don't know if he's a hypochondriac or if, like, I'm assuming the loud noises are legit. Because when he's talking, he's like, oh, you, yeah. And, and Vincent Price is talking, like, in this, this kind of whisper himself. Yeah. He's like, the loudest noises 
are like daggers, like you said, <laughs> daggers. Yeah. And he's just, oh man. And, oh, it just got me like it, the the way that he talked through this entire movie, like just tripped me out. Yeah. But it was just so funny because it was like, you can't, you can't touch him. You can't yell at him. You can't do anything. You can't make a fucking sound. Because then he's like, what's that? What happened? It's like, my knee popped. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Like, calm the fuck down, dude. Um, That's funny. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was only going to say that that after that, after that whole thing, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't see Madeline, you have to go. You need to go because he's he's telling him to get the fuck out of there. You know, it's going to be the best thing for everybody if he gets out of there. Well, he finally is like, no, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to stay, you know, and fucking uh, Roderick, he's like, all right. He's like, I I tried to warn you. Whatever the fuck happens to you now is on you. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is he, he was, you know, um, Philip was insistent on seeing Madeline. Roderick was just hung up on you, him leaving. And he's like, you know, he's like, okay, you can see her, but you're going to leave in the morning. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he just like, caves and he's like, okay, you can see her. And then I got in my notes, Roderick is very peculiar. Yeah, he really is. But he, he tells, um, he tells Philip that the uh, Usher line is tainted. And Roderick's caught up on this idea that the Usher line is evil. Like they're, the people in the family and he goes through it at one point later on in the movie, he's going through yeah. like the, the paintings and the portraits of the family members. And he's talking about their different crimes and he's just already accepted the fact that like nothing good can come from our family. So it's just best if we die off. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny cause he gives them a real quick, uh, you know, little talk about that while also, um, telling him to fucking leave. That's a <laughs> yeah. part of the spiel. So he's like, "No, I'm gonna stay. I want to. I want to see Madeline. You know, yada yada." And as soon as he fucking says, "All right, whatever," motherfucker walks like he walk. He's walking somewhere, and the fucking chandelier almost falls on him immediately. Like that's like number one. And then he, what is it? Uh. After that, he goes to the, oh yeah, he, the butler was showing him to a room and he looks out and it's fucking, everything's falling apart. Yeah. There's a big, and I know we're jumping ahead, but still there's this big crack in the house. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, is the foundation bad? That's what I'd wrote in my notes, you know, was the foundation bad? Because this is before, you know, Roderick had also talked about like the house, you know, being whatever. Yeah. And it's funny because, uh, like I said, he goes up there, he unpacks, and he looks out the. There wasn't really a, a jump ahead. That was right then. Whenever he looks at the wall and he sees this huge crack, you know, right down the side of it. Mm-hmm. So whatever, what is it? They're eating dinner after that, and he brings it up. He's like, "Hey, this house is fucking falling apart, guys. Y'all might want to look into this." Yeah, but then he's like, then he starts using that as an excuse on what's why these weird things are happening, like the chandelier and the. Fucking God knows what else. 
Yeah. I got it's going back and I'd made, I'd made notes, uh, Roderick and Madeline are dying. Cause that's what, that's what Roderick said. Like we're dying. We're going to yeah. be dead soon. He is, yeah. he is committed to that thought that like, we're going to be dead soon. Madeline's dying. I'm dying. And then he tells us about his acute senses and how three fourths of the family fell to madness. You know, I, Hmm. If all these people were so horrible, how did they keep this family line going? Yeah, I know, right? It's like every, because, yeah, it's like they're all were crazy as hell. So it's, that's exactly right. Like, did they go crazy after they had started a family and had a couple of kids and then they went crazy? Because it seems like he went crazy a little bit later in life. Now, she was pretty young. But the rest of them seem kind of like they're all different ages. Yeah. Some older, some younger. Roderick. And we see this because, you know, Philip just keeps like a large portion of this movie to me just seems like it's Roderick and Philip talking about what they're going to do. Philip's telling them. I'm leaving tomorrow and I'm taking Madeline with me. Yeah. And Roderick's like, yeah, you can leave tomorrow, um, but you got to leave Madeline. And it just seems like a large portion of this movie is uh, just about that back and forth. Yeah. But I will say this, Vincent Price was killing it in his role. However, yeah. I feel about this movie, man, like Vincent Price's performance was just creepy you know yeah yeah i know and you can tell that he definitely like i'm sure well i didn't look into it but i'm sure he comes from come from theater you know what i mean a lot of the guys back then did and you can like you can tell man he was dramatic with some shit yeah so and i guess i just never for whatever reason i had this idea of vincent price being like um Sorry, I, who's calling me from Hazelhurst, Mississippi? Especially Hazelhurst. at yeah, I don't know anybody in Hazelhurst. Sorry about that, guys. But um, I had this idea that Peter Vincent, or no, Vincent Price. I'm sorry. This is why I got confused. I had this idea that Vincent Price was like Peter Vincent in Fright Night. That's what I had. Like when I, so when you come out and you see this, you know, uh, Vincent Price, I, I, I gotta like look back just to make sure I don't mess up. I'll call him Peter Vincent again. Yeah. But you get Vincent Price coming out and he's, you know, he's speaking so reserved. Like he's not raising his voice, he's talking in these hushed tones. He's still just like he's delivering so much like with his performance. Yeah. And it was just that like watching him was fun. Yeah, he was definitely giving it his all, man. I'm telling you. Cause the um later on we're gonna get into some scuffles and man, 
I have the shit written down in my notes because it was so funny of just how he reacts to some of the things, you know? Yeah. But like I said, I just definitely see some uh, theater history in him. Philip is trying to convince Mary, not Mary, Madeline. I'm, where the hell did I get Mary from? I don't know. Mary Magdalene? Maybe. And the chick's name is Madeline. What is it? Madeline. So yeah, we, we get Philip. Philip's, you know, telling Madeline he's going to take him with him. And she's like, I want to go. I want to go. But then you see the control that Roderick has over Madeline. And he, he'll tell her something and she'll just kind of wither and just be like, okay. Yeah. And Philip is, you know, the opposite of Vincent Price or Roderick, you know, and he's, and he's telling her like, no, you don't have to do this. You, we can go be happy. And she's like, I want to. And then, and then Roderick says something and then she's like, oh, well, you know, yeah. And he's, he's feeding her that. Same, I guess, you know, uh, madness that's consuming him. Yeah. Or belief. Maybe it's not madness, maybe it's, but the belief that they're dying. Yeah. Because they said that Madeline was ill, but when you see her, she doesn't look sick. She doesn't act sick. No, yeah, she looks perfectly normal. Just And just like whenever they were at dinner, she was eating. They were eating. Mm-hmm. They're fucking like rice slop or whatever the fuck it was they were eating it was bland as shit grill but yeah exactly right so yeah they're eating and they're doing their thing and then hell they she's even feels good enough to uh hang out while he plays some fucking dave matthews band covers on his fucking <laughs> little <laughs> instrument there it was and a as soon yeah no it's hilarious because uh he says something about madeline needing to go to bed to get her rest and when she yeah. fucking says no he gives her the fucking evilest evil eye ever like bitch what did you just say right oh my god yeah and he he exerts control over again right there yeah you know when he when he tells her like it's time to go to bed and then you know philip tries to interject but he gets you know shot down and then after she goes off to bed you know roger's like I think it's time for us to go to bed too. Let everyone go to their rooms and don't come back out. Yeah. Just, you know, his hushed tones, just real quiet and everything. And Philip's just like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, yeah. I'll go to bed. I'm like, what else am I going to do? You just took my fiance and made her go to bed like she was a five-year-old. Yeah. His ass goes to bed for about five minutes, stops hearing any rustling. So he goes right into her room. Yeah. He sneaks in there. Immediately. And scares the shit out of her. And he just jumps on and like, yeah, covers her mouth. Yeah. So that's the way you wake him up. They love that. But doesn't, doesn't, uh, Roderick catch him? Yeah, of course. Because Roderick was probably fucking listening through the wall, like fucking touching himself. His obsession over her is fucking crazy, dude. It's like, he's in love with her. It's wild. Cause that's why that's the next thing I had in here was, uh, his obsession over her sister is, uh, very weird. Oh yeah. I I got wrote down here at one point when I was watching the movie. Cause I, 
I never read The Fall of the House of Usher, so I didn't know what the hell it was about. Yeah. I haven't seen a Netflix show. And it's just been something that I've never really I don't I didn't know anything about it. So at one point I thought maybe it was a haunted house movie. Cause yeah. the door just randomly shuts by itself. Yeah. And the house like creaks and you got the tremors and obviously chandeliers falling. Yeah, fucking railing giving out on them. Yeah. So I I had that thought like maybe well maybe this is a haunted hot a ha- haunted house movie. Man, fuck me. I am Yeah, it, it is crazy because it is it does feel like that. Like cause all of a sudden it's like, okay, well hold on. He's like, we're all doomed, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, we're doomed. And is that like, oh well the house is haunted, the house is gonna kill him because the house is starting to move around, be even creepier than normal. And, you know, so it must be a, ha- a haunted house thing. So I I get you thinking that. And even up to this point in the movie, you're thinking, okay, yeah, of course, it's the house. And after watching the movie, I don't know if haunted house would be the correct term because that would that would imply that there's spirits haunting it, right? Yeah. Whereas I, I do feel like, while not necessarily haunted, I do feel like the house was evil. Like it was a manifestation of evil. Yeah, I guess so. And and maybe that maybe that house drove those people in the family crazy. I mean, he did say that it was moved from England. And I don't know if you remember, but it does seem like a lot of older movies, whatever, there is something going on with the house. It's it was moved from someplace else. So it's got I'm guessing it's got a whole lot of bad you know, um whatever. Karma, bad memories with some stuff attached to it. I'm not an engineer or anything like that. You know, I'm just, just a dude who likes watching movies and, and talking about the movies with his friends. But how do you move a whole ass house from England to? Oh, apparently it can be done, man. I don't know that. I'm assuming they were in America, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. The, no, no, I, why did I fucking say that? Yeah, they were. Of course they were because they, they were in Boston. Yeah. At one point. But yeah, how do you, like, I know how we move houses locally because you, you, you'll see a house every now and then on a flatbed trailer being pulled yeah. down the interstate or something like that. So I know how houses are moved that way, but on the boats that were available during this time frame. They must've took it down and put it back up. Cause this is, these one of these, this is a huge ass, like stone mansion shit. You know, it's like a fucking castle. Yeah. So they might have taken it down and built it back up. However I, the hell to do that. I'm glad that I didn't ever have to do that for a living. No shit. <laughs> have you ever done any kind of construction? Yeah, yeah. Whenever I turned 18, I was uh, like road construction, like uh, small stuff, digging ditches. Oh, didn't... You and Aaron did that, didn't you? Yeah, me and Aaron worked together on that. Yeah. When I was in high school one summer to make money for uh, a trip that we were going on when I went to church. I mean, I don't go to church now, but that doesn't matter. 
it's not the point of the story. But uh, anyways, I needed money for this trip. So my dad and, and my buddies uh, came and helped too. We went and worked with my uh, dad and uh, his boss, and they, they were building chicken houses. This is before like all the shit with my dad and him going back to jail and stuff like that. But we uh, we went out there and they were building chicken houses. And man, you talk about a sucky job, dude. We were digging post holes all fucking day and putting posts in these holes. It sucked. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, ooh. I guess maybe, yeah, it must have sucked really bad. Maybe that's why my dad turned to selling drugs. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, that pu- digging post holes is, can be a pain in the ass. Especially it, if you're not like, you know, good at it and you don't have a rhythm or anything and you're just going, it's like, hey, this is you're just, especially if you're a 17 year old that this is probably like the second time in your life you've had post hole diggers in your hand. Yeah. And you and your buddies are out here digging fucking post holes and putting posts probably in them. through like red Mississippi, like red clay. Yeah. Ooh, dude it was some of that's just like concrete not the red clay but some of our ground whenever it's hot as shit it's and back then it's not as hot as it is now like now we got some scorchers yeah but it was still hot as fuck back in the day dude Ooh, man i just just thinking about it Ugh, glad i'm not doing that Oh, yeah. I'm very happy to not be doing outside labor anymore. No shit. But I think that, I think that a lot of a lot of people start off that way, though, man. They, they're doing some type of, you know, nitty-gritty work. And, there, Most you of the know, time, that's outside. Some people love it, you know? It, I mean, yeah, some people stick with it for sure. Yep. And they just like to do that. How long has your butler been with your family? My butler with our family. Yeah. Six generations. Six generations. 60 years of butlering. So, yeah, Bristol been with the ushers for 60 years. This is a... Long time. Well, this is some Alfred Pennyworth shit. Yeah. Like with the Wayne family. He must be in the will. That's why he's like, man, hurry up and die, man. I mean, I'm ready to retire. Well, Bristol... You talking about you got me talking about Alfred because Bristol was like, if the house dies, I'll die with it. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah, like, he's yeah, he's he just, enjoyed being on the uh, sidelines of all the crazy shit the ushers did. He was like, yeah, had one hell of a ride. Yeah, he he had to have seen some shit. Oh yeah, I forgot I forgot about the sixty year comment. So, yeah, like I didn't write that down, so I didn't catch that one. But, yeah, he's definitely seen some shit. And, I, you know, what makes him that committed to the family and to the house to where he's like, you know, if this house goes, I go. Yeah, I know, right? Hell, just even whenever she was sleepwalking, whenever – you see that she was sleepwalking through the house or whatever, you know, and then uh, the boyfriend or whatever finds her. Hell, the butler walks up and is like, don't touch her. Don't wake her up. 
I know what I know. I know how it needs to be done. I'm gonna take your ass back to bed. You just chill the fuck out. So yeah, like you said, he is definitely dedicated. Like I said, he's got to be in the wheel or something. It, I guess there's got to be something. Yeah, it's not going to be the wheel thing. I was making a joke about that because he's going to die. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I guess I missed that. Yeah. Damn. No, that sounded good. Moving on. <laughs> yep. The ushers, the the family, though, they're... They're all buried underneath the house. Yeah. This is a, yeah. And I I don't, I was thinking mausoleum and apparently it's a mausoleum, but I was, when he said crypt, I was like, okay, crypt is what I was thinking. Like at the bottom of like a mansion. Yeah. If that's where they keep the shit. But so is that, is that a common, was that a common thing back in the day? Uh, I guess when you have fucking castles, yeah. You keep your dead under the, under the fucking place, I guess. (laughs) Hmm. While we're in the, the crypt a coffin falls yeah and almost uh a coffin fell and then uh this is oh madeline had apparently had fainted and roderick had took her off after the coffin fell yeah and then he tells the story he and roderick not roderick roderick and Britt not Bristol, Roderick and Philip are talking. And he tells them, like, the land used to be fertile. Yeah. Like, it was full of vegetation. Well, this is where you get your history of the house. Yep. And then you get the the comments about the usher line being evil. And he just tells them, you know, like, the same thing he's been saying for this the whole movie good time yeah. yeah is like we're all gonna die you know the family's tainted the bloodline's tainted just leave us yeah you know get out while you can even like when you talked about it earlier when he said okay you know if you're gonna stay you've been forewarned whatever happens to you is on you yeah exactly like hey i tried And I know you're supposed to, I know you're supposed to, you know, watch this movie and be like, you know, Roderick is the antagonist. Yeah. But there's got to be some truth to what he's saying because you see it with the house, the things that are happening, the coffin falling, the chandelier falling, uh, the tremors. Yeah. Like later on, when fucking house catches itself on fire. All kinds of shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because just like you say, it's been happening the whole time. Like as soon as he got there and decided to stay, that's when you get the chandelier falling on him. He uh, fucking uh, almost falls through some, some bad railing. Like you said, they have breakfast the next morning, then they go down to the crypt and almost get crushed by a casket. All of these different things are happening. And like you said, whenever he uh, tells them about the house and all of this, he's like, it got over the whole land was overtaken by a plague of evil. Yeah. So now this whole spot is evil and emanating evil and the house is evil and all these crazy things are happening. You know, um, it's crazy because like 
you had said something about the uh, him talking about his family, you know, about the past uh, people and the, the evil shit they did or whatever. Yeah. During that little scene, was there was two things happening. One was cool, and I liked how they did it, and the other thing was just silly. But uh, but whenever he was kind of going around the room with all the tall uh, portraits in a circle, mm-hmm. and it was like showing like the shit that they did kind of thing was real creepy or whatever. Like, I like how they did that, but it was funny to me. Cause he was like immediately like, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Shit. Talking the land, shit. Talking the house, shit. Talking his family. Like it's nothing but evil, man. You want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But the silly thing was the, uh, all of the like ghostly sounds whenever he was telling the stories of his, like, I mean, it was literally the, the, <laughs> And I was just like, all right, that was a little bit much because the music has been pretty good where it's, you know, just loud, where it needs to be loud and suspenseful and the music's been fine. But, um, but that was a little silly. So, like I said, up until this point, this movie's been Roderick telling Philip to leave and to forget about Madeline and Philip telling Roderick, no, I'm taking Madeline with me. We're leaving tomorrow. We're leaving tomorrow. Roderick has tried to exert his influence over Madeline this entire movie, you know, you know, telling her when to go to bed, telling her, you know, this, this, and this and all these other things. And then finally she's just like, she's going to leave. She's, she decides that she's going to leave. And Philip's like, okay, pack your stuff. We're, we're leaving now. I'm going to go to my room and I'm going to pack my stuff. Yeah. And he does that. And then Madeline dies. Exactly. It's so funny as fuck because like, so first off, whenever, um, whenever him and, Roderick are fucking talking about him. He's like, I'm taking her out of here, blah, blah, blah. And Roderick's like, you can't. And he's like, I'm fucking gonna. And he gets a little loud. Roderick's like, oh, not Roderick. Yeah, no, Roderick. <laughs> yeah, it's Roderick. He's all like, ah. And he's like, so he wins easily by being like, yes, I am. And yeah. a louder voice. But it was just yeah. like, holy shit. So, but anyway. so he, Hit it, hit it oh, one more time for us. Oh, shit. What did I do? When you went, uh. <laughs> but anyway um but when he is talking to her and he's like hey uh, whenever philip is talking to madeline and he's like hey we're getting the fuck out of here you know pack your shit just get some important stuff just a few things i'm gonna go pack my shit i was like hold the fuck on dude you're wearing the same fucking thing you wore yesterday what did you unpack okay. in this place you had one bag how why why did you even unpack you know, you just came to see her and it was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to stay the night. Why'd you have a bag anyway? But then it's like, oh, I'm going to pack things too. It's like, it didn't make any sense. It's like, you shouldn't have anything to fucking unpack anyway. But yeah. Well, I know at this point I was wondering why he would leave her alone. Yeah. Cause it's, it's getting a little weird without Roderick's being, and now you just told him you're going to leave with her. No wonder she dies immediately. Whenever you turn, you fucking walk away from her. Cause this is, he's like, he's packing his shit up and he hears a scream. 
Well, yep. no, I'm sorry. He hears arguing with, she's arguing with Roderick and then she fucking screams. And then Roderick does. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. I it, love it. It's loud. It's too loud. So Madeline's, and you can't see us doing the air quotes if you're just listening to this on, uh, you know, whatever podcast service you got. But there are there are air quotes around dead. We so Madeline's dead. Yeah, like they got her. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was I was only going to say yeah. Like for the viewer, he he busts into the room where she was screaming. She's laying there lifeless. He goes and checks on her, and it's funny because he uses the mirror trick that a lot of people don't use or see anymore on TV. But he puts the mirror in front of her face to see if she like fogs it up, and he's yeah. like, nope, that didn't work. She's dead. <laughs> it's the only thing that he tries. She's dead. So Roderick's like, all right, hey man, meet us in this, meet us in the crypt in five minutes for a funeral. Yeah. He was in a hurry to bury yeah. her. And and we'll, and we know at first you don't know why. Yeah. But then you find out like she's not immediately. dead. Yeah, immediately why she's in because she's in the coffin, you know, and Roderick can Philip are down there and they're talking and Roger's blaming him for stressing her out. Yeah. And Philip's not looking at Madeline's body at this point, but Roderick is, and he sees it. Her fingers move. Cause you see his yeah. eyes get real big and shit. Yeah. He's like, Oh shit. And then, uh, <laughs> the, the gig's about to be up. So he closes the fucking coffin. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, no more, no more open coffin. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, he just just shuts that bitch real quick. And he knows that she's alive. And Philip finds out from Bristol. Bristol kind of look. Hold on, hold on, hold on real quick before you move on from that little spot. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. hilarious because whenever fucking like, uh, whenever he's like, oh, she's dead. You know, there's nothing you can do. He's like, "You you can leave now. She's dead. Just leave. And he's like, no, I don't want to leave. I want to see. I want to help. I want to whatever. And then he's like, all right, that's enough. And then we're going to move the body to the crypt. And he's like, but before they say that, he says it again that you can leave. And then he's like, I want to help with the crypt. He's like, no, me and Bristol have can take care of it. He's just like, no, just fucking leave. And he's like, it keeps insisting wanting to help. So then he helps him uh, move it down to move the body down to the crib, but it was funny because he was like so needy, and Roger kept just fucking telling him no around every corner. So this is a pretty fucked up thing to do. Well, uh, yeah, it's a pretty fucked up thing to do. You know your sister isn't dead, but you go, you're going to go through with burying her. Yeah, and he um he doesn't do it at first though, but. Like I said, before we move on to that, Philip finds out yeah. from from Bristol that let me see what this is cataleptic trances. So apparently, it's like that a down because I didn't write that down. It's like a death like state, I guess, where you appear to be dead or something like that. Yeah, and I've never heard of this, but apparently, it was pretty common knowledge wherever they were at because Philip's like, "Wait a minute, what did you say?" Oh yeah, he and knew what it was. Quick. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he finds out and he goes to, um, <laughs> he goes back down to the fucking yeah he goes back down to the crypt i'm sorry it's, like, just... it's back and forth back and forth it's so funny so he's back down to the crypt and he opens up the uh coffin that madeline's supposed to be in and she's not there fuck roger yeah. fucking moved her and he put her somewhere else and and philip's trying to find out he's like you know where did you put her where did you put her and he's like i'll kill you and he's like Go he's ahead got and do it. Battle axe. Yeah, he's got a fucking battle axe. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, and, that's what he busted the fucking coffin open with. It had a big ass lock on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the coffin. That's right. The coffin was locked. Yeah. And uh, dude, that lock popped pretty easy. Locks in the day, they sucked. Oh yeah. So, yeah, but he has, like you said, he has that battle axe, and he comes up on him, and he's just like, "Kill me, I'm dying anyway." He's like, put me out of my misery, bud. But it's so funny because he's like, where is she? Where is she? And he's like, uh, hold on. What is it? Hold on. I'm trying to think. Um, cause he did come at him. It's uh, that's what it was. Whenever he was coming at him with that fucking battle axe and then everything, he grabs him. And when he grabs him, that's in this, whenever you get another like moment, of like I said, the theatrics of Vincent Price. Yeah, because he's like, "Don't touch me." <laughs> you remember? <laughs> it, it surprised me. <laughs> but he's like, he just grabbed him like by the scruff of his shirt, and he's like, "Yeah." Uh, Vincent Price is the best thing about this movie. Yeah, but it was just so funny, man. Because it's like, and that's it. And he won. And he was like, "You'll never get her. She's in a secret place." The secret place is where, where's the fucking secret place though? Well, the question is, where are they at the moment? They're upstairs. Yeah. So there's only one place. The secret place could be. It's gotta be in the crypt. <laughs> <laughs> but what's fucking hilarious. And I know, I, I, hold on, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, you do. No, I was just going to say, it's funny. Cause he's like, Oh no, I'll do whatever it takes to find the secret place. And the next fucking scene is him fucking passing out. He's like, all right, I'm a little tired today though. I'm going to start tomorrow. And he passes the fuck out in the bed instead of looking for her in the secret place, even though he just found out that she was still alive. Is <laughs> it like, the secret place can wait? And <laughs> Vince surprise. Yeah. He gave this monologue about her being like in the coffin clawing at it with her fingers getting bloody and everything because he can and, hear everything yeah that's right yeah he said he can hear it. he's like you know of course he's alive i can hear and hear clawing with her bloody fingers or whatever yeah and and that's exactly what happened she was fucking clawing away at this coffin that she's locked up in yeah. And you see her fingers and they're bloody. And this is the first time you've seen any kind of like blood or anything in this movie too. Yeah. When you see the blood on her fingers. Um, and it was a good blood, like a good shade of blood. Yeah. Sometimes blood can look really weird. Like remember like Dawn of the Dead was like fucking orange and shit. I think it might've been, which I'm not hating. Dawn of the Dead was some great blood and gore. I'm just saying that some of their blood had a weird color to it. Yeah. Well, and I think Tom Savini had talked about that one time. Um, 
I saw it and I've, I've got the documentary on Tom Savini. It was on sale for like $2 on iTunes. So I bought it. Yeah. But he's, and it's in that, it's in the documentary. That's where he talks about it. And he talks about getting the recipe from, for blood from somebody he worked with. And he's like, the most important thing we got from them was the recipe for blood. So he can make better looking blood. There you go. But like I said, you know, I know that that was just a whatever, but the blood was a good color. Like, I feel like the environment of the movie was okay. You know? Yeah. Like, I didn't have any, nothing. I can't really remember that anything really looked cheap. You know? Like, it was a, it, it was a low budget movie though. They, and yeah. Uh, so I did read this, like they had a budget of like $300,000. A hundred thousand of that went to Vince, uh, Vincent Price. Whoa. Holy shit. A yeah. Third of the budget. That's a lot, dude. But hey, you know what though? They got their money's worth on it. Yeah. yeah. Cause he was giving it his all. He didn't phone it in. No. He was like, we're going to get this done in three days. Now, something I want to know your opinion on, because I'm still not sure where I sit on this, but was Roderick supposed to be good at playing the loot? Because yeah, I didn't think it sounded very good, but maybe I'm just not understanding what a loot's supposed to sound like. Maybe I'm the problem. Well, I don't think that the fucking, uh, the loot's supposed to sound like Hendrix, you know, or, or Slash or anything like that. But, um, if you think back, you know, back like medieval times, you know, and they're playing the little loot, that's kind of what I was getting from it. But he was playing like slower shit, I guess more melancholy and, you know, goth or whatever <laughs> they called it back then. Gothic music. He's emo. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was it. The emo is what they call him. But yeah, it is funny because he had another opportunity where he was jamming out and he was it looked like he was trying to fucking play Dust in the Wind. <laughs> I was like, is that what he's trying to figure out over there? How did Madeline get out of the coffin? These uh, locks suck. Well, no, it is funny because uh, she definitely, because you could hear, whatever he was describing hearing her, they were showing it too. And, you know, she's moving it and you can see, like like you said, our, our first shot of blood was her hand popping out, having blood on it. And then, like you said, the next fucking thing you see, the fucking top is off covered in blood from the inside, from where she had got it all bloodied up. And now she's just zombie outside walking around in this bitch. So I don't yep. know how the fuck she got out because she just wandered from the secret place, which, oh yeah, we, like we said, was in the, in the crypt in a like hideaway wall. Yeah. Yeah. It was a secret passage. Yeah. And he just followed her screams. He heard her fucking through the hallway. He was like, Hmm, this, this little wall looks funny. <laughs> it looked like it was an eighth of an inch thick. <laughs> so. The comments also made too when Madeline, after she gets out, she isn't, didn't she try to um, strangle um, Philip? Yes, she's straight up. For, uh, first things first, she goes up to Philip to start strangling the shit out of him. 
but then she, but then she runs off and she goes through another secret passage. Let's not just end it if she runs off. She runs off so fucking creepily, dude. That shit was creepy how they had her run off. Because it's like they sped her up just a touch. And it was, it was creepy. Yeah. I was like, God damn. But she, yeah. But then she ran off and she ran toward, to go towards, uh. And, uh, well, Philip was going to try to follow her. And I think it was uh, Bristol that, um, said, you know, the house is honeycombed with secret passages. Yeah. And it's like. There's no telling where she went. He's like, motherfucker. Yeah. No telling where she went. Follow her blood. <laughs> no shit. But how cool would it be to have a house that had secret passages? Oh, that That's like a bad. dream, dude. It's Get- funny how like once uh once he fucking stopped hearing her uh scratching around, brother was like, fuck this shit and got a pistol. He was like, Oh no, I know how this bitch gets when she gets crazy. <laughs> It's, I know how she gets whatever I unsuccessfully bury her alive. She's not too happy. I better get my gun this time. Uh, he he does, but he he doesn't use it, and he ends up getting strangled by uh, Madeline. Oh yeah, and yep. he's just he's getting throttled. Oh yeah. The house at this point is caught on fire. And go, dude, I'm yeah. sorry. No, that was, that was it. That's, that's uh, what I was going to say. It's crazy. Cause like, as they're, she's choking the shit out of them. Like the butler saves our fucking guy and the house just catches itself on fucking fire. Like a candle. I mean, you know, Hey, I know shit's getting knocked around, but still it looked, the house just catches fire. Yeah. Yep. Catches fire. Then it starts collapsing and stuff. But yeah. so the house is catching fire. Madeline's choking the shit out of Roderick. Bristol comes running in and between Bristol and Philip, you have part of the house collapse. And so Bristol is doing what he said. He's going down with the ship and you get Bristol, I guess, burning alive with Roderick and Madeline. Oh yeah. They all go down at the same time. Burning alive. And drowning to me seemed like two of the worst ways you could go. I mean, yeah, I could see. I think that burning would probably be, yeah, because I mean, the, the both of them are scary as hell, but burning would last longer because drowning, if you're like, oh my God, oh my God, and then you take a deep breath or what you are. Involuntarily breathe in and drown, you're unconscious and it's over. With fire, on the other hand, it's hot as hell. You're freaking out because you know you're trapped. You're choking on smoke. Yeah. And then you're fucked. And now you're burning, burning and choking more. But that's the one thing is, is a lot of people, whenever it comes to fires, the smoke chokes them out and they're unconscious. And then they're obviously. You know, that's also happening. So that's what the, I would much rather drown. That's my vote. That would explain why Freddy Krueger was so pissed off in all those movies. Oh man, I'd come back and haunt some kids. Like your parents fucking burned me alive. Somebody's got to pay. Yeah. 
it's so funny how like uh how random the end of this movie was um because she when she catches up to Roderick it literally kind of goes like this cut for cut she sees Roderick she screams attacks house catches fire she attacks Roderick butler saves phil house collapses on ushers phil lives cartoon fog the end well you forgot the edgar Allan poe quote oh yeah no it's funny because i didn't want to i was at the very end of a page and i didn't want to just write that quote on a fresh page so i didn't write it down and i, I didn't did. i didn't write it down either yeah well i thought you were gonna get it nah you probably mm. look at quotes from the movie probably pull it up but i will while you're looking that up backtrack a little bit into something we completely skipped over his like trippy ass dream he had you remember when oh yeah yeah he had that trippy ass dream where he was seeing like all the family members and shit yeah yeah i know i had to i was listening But he lays down and he has, starts having this dream, right? And he starts dreaming of these people. And it turns out it's all these old family members of the ushers. And they're all just doing the ghostly noises and shit. And he's like, ah. Oh. And then all of a sudden, obviously, you got to throw a Madeline scream in there. And a whole bunch of weird-ass Roderick smiles. Like he's like, join us in dying. <laughs> I found the quote. What is it? What is it? Lay it on us. In the deep and dank tarn closed sullenly and silently over the fragments of the House of Usher. No. I guess that was the end of the book. Or end of the story. Yeah. And the house, yeah, the house collapses into the ground, gets swallowed up. And so you have literally the fall of the House of Usher. Like yeah. with the family line and the house all fallen. That's right. It's literal. Yeah. That was a clever title. We see what you did, Edgar Allan Poe. We did. We did see that. Dude, so that's the end of the movie. What did you think? What thoughts? My thoughts on this movie is this. All right. I enjoyed uh, checking out, you know, a later decade movie than we have been doing, you know, the Vincent Price, uh, trilogy or the, the block is, I'm excited for, um, with it, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. Like I said, I did pick it because I watched that followed the house of Usher on Netflix and it was fucking done very well. It's really good. You got to see it. Like we watched it and wanted to restart it immediately type thing. Yeah. And then, uh, but anyway, it's good. Uh, so like I said, I saw it and I was like, Hey, I'm going to try it out, you know, but I didn't know what really to expect. You know, it would have been crazy if it would have been like, Oh my God, you know, another gym knocked my socks off and watching it now. I can, I can try to put myself into the 1960s night, you know, into the fifties, beginning of the sixties, horror genre and understand how they did things whenever they were trying to be real suspenseful, suspenseful about things, you know, I know that we're poking fun at that they kept going up and down the fucking steps. They're going upstairs and downstairs, upstairs, downstairs. And 
they had the little ghost, the little, little, little ooh, ghostly sounds and stuff, you know. But those things were real suspenseful and people, you know, were scared. You know, they it worked back then, you know. For now, watching it back then, or for now, watching an older movie like that, it really didn't do too much of that. The creepiest thing was the the running away. That, like I said, I liked that. That was that was done. There was a couple things I liked. But for the most part, it was like, eh, you know, I've seen it. It's not something I'll be like, holy fuck, people, y'all have to go see this. I'm definitely going to do that about the show. But about that movie, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, rush out and go watch this movie. You know I mean? It's an interesting watch. Check it out, you know? But not just going crazy about it. It didn't blow me away, you know? How many stars? Huh? How many stars? I didn't really like it all that great. So probably about a four and a half. No. Ah, yeah. No, no, seriously. I know no, you're bullshitting it. I gave it a two. I gave it two? a two. Yeah. All right. Were you um, thinking I was going to go high? Yeah, I thought you were going to be higher than me. Yeah. I, I I really did. But we're closer than you thought we would be. Yeah. So for me, the movie, it was a movie. Yeah. I, I, do, I did enjoy Vincent Price's performance. I thought he did really well. But it's a short story that we tried to stretch out into a feature-length movie. And I just don't know that there was enough there. And maybe, you know, maybe it's spot on for the the short story. But it was, it just, like I said, it seemed like it, it was literally Philip saying, I'm taking Madeline with me. I'm leaving. And then Roderick saying, just leave, but you're not taking Madeline. And that's all the movie was up until when she fake died. Yeah. And then you have like the climax of the movie, but like all that just felt superfluous. And just, I don't know. I was hoping for more. You know, especially when I saw Roger Corman attached to it, because you know Roger Corman's been tied to like some out there movies, right? And it was um, it was kind of boring. Yeah, if I'm being honest, you know, up until like the end, it was just kind of boring. Uh, I give it two stars. It's I just, funny because I was telling Courtney that it was uh, I was about falling asleep at the very end until the crazy shit happened in the last four minutes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that our other two movies deliver for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that would suck to have like a flop. Which I'm, I mean, House on Hollywood Hill is a pretty famous fucking movie. So apparently, it was done very well. And I think that this is like ten years before. Because hell, House on Hollywood Hill was what early fifties, I think. I can't remember, but it's something don't, like that. I believe. Don't give me the line. And I don't even know what yours was. But, uh. Oh, my movie was The Last Man on 19, Earth. 1959. 
So it's only a year before this one. So it was, let me see, what's the last man on earth? 1964. So House on Hunter Hill is going to be the earliest of this block. It's the 1959, 1960, and 1964 movies. But, um, yeah. Uh, like I said, that was sucked to picked a bunch of duds, but here's hoping yeah i think i i feel like the next two are going to be better yeah i think so too like i said I, I didn't really have any expectations for this i just we had just watched that show and it was really fucking good and and i said yeah. you know i um uh, suggest that whenever you do get your netflix back definitely check that one out i will i will all right man so it was uh i felt like a good conversation it's always fun. Another one in the bank. There you go. So we'll be back next next time with the last man on earth. That's right. So next time you see uh have or hear me and Daniel together, we're gonna be covering The Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. Another VP movie. All right, but until then, we appreciate you listening. Thank you, everyone. All right, take it easy.